Coming up on this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast, brought to you as always by Mr. Mac, um, we'll be discussing uh, the Liberty game. Kind of a mad game. Uh, what, what are our takes? What are the positives? What are the negatives? What can BYU fans look forward to for the rest of the year? We'll break down uh, the BYU basketball team. Tough loss against San Diego State, but they showed some promise, but some frustration as well. All this and more on, on this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast. Today, it's just Jay Drew and I. Uh, Dick Harmon is playing hooky. Jeff Call playing hooky as well. We really appreciate that. So you're left with Jay Drew, one of the foremost authorities on BYU football, just a pillar in this community. Myself, who's somehow still employed by the Desert News. And we get to talk about the Liberty game in the Big Idaho State Week, Jay. <laughs> you going to say your name, Brandon Gurney? Oh, yeah, my name is Brandon gonna... Gurney. Yeah, I am Brandon Gurney, and yes, I really am employed by the Desert News as of today. So, so yeah, uh, we're kind of in the dog days of independence is kind of what I call November. Um, after the, the the Utah State game, you look ahead, and and BYU got got it done. That they, they were able to beat Liberty, but kind of a meh. Not kind of a really meh game, and you wrote about that, Jay. Uh, what were your perspectives of the game and, and just kind of a, a ho-hum 31-24 win? Yeah, I think the you, the word I used was unsatisfying. I think uh, I, most BYU fans would probably agree with me. I think we asked the players and coaches about that after the game, and they said, oh, no, a win's a win. That was uh, the, kind of the quote from Austin Lee that and Kyrus Tonga also said it, that most players fell back on. But BYU was just not impressive enough. This was a team that came off two impressive wins, a lot of eyes on them. Can they make it three in a row? Can they have another dominating performance? And they just couldn't against a team that I will say this, Liberty is better than its name. It has talented athletes, has a senior quarterback, has a really talented coaching staff that's been around a long time. They've poured a lot of money into that program. But the national perspective hasn't caught up yet where folks around the country think that Liberty is a decent opponent, including BYU fans. So I expected a fairly close game, but I expected BYU to be more dominating than it was. And so that's why I came up with that unsatisfying kind of moniker for the game. The unsatisfying thing for me, and it's kind of been that way throughout the season, but but particularly against weak opponents, is, is this is the game where, where you expect line play to just overwhelm Liberty. You expect it to overwhelm Toledo, South Florida, teams like this, and you just haven't seen it on either side of the ball. You've seen glimpses, but just a, a thing where we're going to run it right at you every time and you can't stop it because we are just physically dominant, I think is an aspect really missing from this BYU team on both sides of the ball. And you brought it up, Liberty's offense. I was really impressed by their quarterback. I I, I think their quarterback was able to, to maintain his poise and, and, and really make some good passes. But what struck me with BYU's defense, uh, and, and it's kind of been that thing all, all, all year long, but just really looking at the defense, it is really, really young. And when you take into perspective what they're relying on and the personnel that's really there, not really the makings of a dominant defense. And they're kind of just playing like they should, especially you look at the linebackers, first-year players across the board. Absolutely across the board, safe for Isaiah Kafusi. Defensive line, you have Kyrus Tonga. What else do you have? Zach Daw hasn't really developed into that that pass rushing guy as in the preseason. And you have two really, really good defensive backs in Diane Gonwalaku and Austin Lee. 
Lee, who are really good. But other than that, it is an exceptionally young BYU defense. And you take a playmaker from Chaz Ayu out of this Liberty game, that plays a factor. So, so I know fans, they hate it. Oh, stop with the young and inexperienced thing. But it really is a thing with this BYU defense. And we'll see if it gets better. They're going to miss a lot of playmakers. But the line play is, is something that just really jumps out at me that should be better than than what we've seen. I, I You just haven't seen BYU impose its will like you'd think. I, I mean, Liberty shouldn't be able to run against a, a BYU defense, in my mind. But, but of course, you can excuse it with the young play and all that. But we'll see if it gets better. I, I, I don't know if the defensive linemen are coming up where you're really going to see that for next year. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. I, I, I thought the biggest news... Uh, this past week was on the recruiting front, personally, where BYU was able to to, to snare in two really good uh, a, a, a Juco wide receiver, which is a big need because they're losing some some good receivers last year. And uh, with recruiting, it's kind of a new age with recruiting that 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 you see BYU. Uh, just commit a bunch of guys you've never heard of before that literally no one else is offering or even looking at. They were able to get a guy named Christian Tupo uh, that that was offered by Utah in some Pac-12 schools, and that just kind of speaks to that. Yeah, BYU can still win these battles where BYU can still go out of state and find a top recruit where BYU is his first choice, and that's a real real strength for BYU. So anyway, that's kind of a tangent there. I'm I'm kind of going all over the place with the Liberty game. Jay's kind of looking at me. Uh, let's move on, Brandon. Right now, Mr. Max suit separates are on sale. Choose between regular fit or slim fit styles with coats from 36 to 66, pants from 30 to size 60, all kinds of colors and patterns to choose from. We're going to make you look good. Right now, you can get the suit separate for just $249. That's the top and bottom, $249. And as always, you get free lifetime tailoring on your suits that you buy at Mr. Mac. Come into one of our nine Utah locations. Let us help you look your best. Suit up at Mr. Mac. So we're going to move on. We're going to move on to Idaho State, UMass. What do you expect to see from in, in these games, Jay? Well, you did, like you said, it's the dog days of November. It's This is what Tom Homo said would happen when BYU went independent. He said, we're going to front load the schedule. It's just the teams will play us then, the Power Five teams. The more well-known teams will play us in September and October, but once they get really into the thick of their conference races, they're not going to want to play us. And that's what's happening. They're playing a, you know, independent last week, a FCS team this week, and then UMass, another independent next week. For BYU, I just think they've, you know, the program has gone through this. It's nothing new. They've, uh, they need to just embrace it and work on improvement, improvement within the program with an eye towards not just the bowl game or the last game against San Diego State, but an eye towards the future next season, developing these young guys. So like you said, they don't start the season out playing so many freshmen next year. BYU is playing 13 freshmen who have started, which is tied for the lead in the country with Purdue. That's a really interesting stat to me. And they've got to figure out a way to get these players, as Dave Rose would always say, to grow old together. And I think if they do, they'll have a much better program and they'll have much better success in September and October, which is really when their season is make or break uh, fashion. 
Yeah, absolutely. But but I mean, just to kind of beat my same drum, this absolutely you want to see BYU dominate the line of scrimmage. You don't want to see trick plays having to be run against UMass and Idaho State. There shouldn't be any need for them. And and, and you wrote about this. I think maybe Kalani went to the well a little too much. That fake field goal at the end of that game, a little too cute in my mind. Uh, you asked Kalani about it. He was kind of worked up by that time for, from some questions from an out-of-state reporter about uh, independence if it's working. I, I, oh, he love those questions but um well what's your take on, on BYU going to that well of trick plays it, it, has it kind of worn out as welcome maybe it's just one of those things where we've been used to it being so successful against Boise State and then against Utah State that maybe it just doesn't work sometime well what's your take on that Jay well, to give Kalani was criticized a few games ago for not being aggressive enough. So I think we need to give him credit and Jeff Grimes and all the coaches credit for for attacking more. And so uh, so it's hard to criticize that when you've criticized the other side as, yeah. as talking out both sides of your mouth is how Kalani put it to me uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I just think, you know, you need to save some of that stuff. You're going to need that against big-time opponents. There's really only one, maybe San Diego State, 7-2 and two right now, having lost to Nevada over the weekend. Maybe they're not quite as formidable as a lot of people think, and then who knows in the bowl game. But they probably ought to be saving any things they have in their bag of tricks until the last two games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, UMass and Idaho State. <laughs> you don't really need to out-scheme them all that much. It should be overwhelming enough just with those. Per- I mean, those teams are really bad, let's be honest. I mean, Idaho State, FCS team, I mean, UMass is just awful. Just a bad football team. So, Zach Wilson update. Um, when, when do you anticipate him returning? It seems like he's ahead of schedule. I, I it seems like he's going to be able to practice pretty soon. Uh, what, what's in store for Zach Wilson, as far as you know? Yeah, he was uh, Kalani was asked that uh, in the Monday press briefing today, and he said that he's been cleared. He's going to practice this week. Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator, said the same thing. Neither would say if Zach Wilson will start. Uh, Jeff Grimes kind of said, hey, he won the starting spot. He was our best player in fall camp. So if he's healthy, why not? That's the best indication I got that I think I could really honestly see Zach Wilson starting against Idaho State. I can see uh, Baylor Romney coming in in relief. I can also see Joe Critchlow getting a bunch of snaps. I think Jaron Hall is a few games still away. They're being ultra careful with him as they should. Yeah, with Jaron Hall, that second concussion is just like, whoa, this is a thing. I, I mean, the first one, you can kind of overlook it. The second one, it's like, yeah. And, and, and you really don't want to risk anything against uh, Idaho State and UMass, which, which is really unfortunate. I was really liking what I saw from Jaron Hall. I, I think with his run game, what they were developing there was really exciting. So it's it's an unfortunate thing there. Uh, BYU basketball, you weren't able to go to the basketball game, but but I, I was able to, to watch... Uh, the team against San Diego State, which had some good and some bad, but the bad you kind of anticipated, and, and it's rebounding. I, it really is all about rebounding. I, I don't know the exact number, but I think I'd, uh, San Diego State was able to out-rebound BYU by 15. And guess what? This is going to be a thing. I don't see how BYU can compensate for that. I asked uh, uh, Coach Pope, who's fantastic, by the way. I hope he never changes. He's so forthcoming. And, man, he gives you good quotes in post-game interviews. But um, I was asking him about Jake Toulson, and he was just raving about the confidence he saw and all that. But he says he's got a rebound. It's like, wow, your 6'5 guy 
yeah, I guess he does. <laughs> He's one of the tallest guys on the team, but just the second chance points killed him. Not being able to, to close out on number 20. I'm forgetting his name right now. A big thing, but the one thing BYU has to be is they have to be deadly from three-point range. And in that game, you saw a really, really good stretch where they were able to, to really exploit from the outside and all that, but that's where they made half their three-pointers. Otherwise, they were unremarkable from three-point range, and that has to be more consistent. And that's been such a thing over the past few years, which is just really hasn't made sense to me, is BYU should be a really good shooting team, but for every reason they've really lacked in that. So I the schedule continues to be tough before Yoli comes, which is really unfortunate for the BYU basketball team, but fans have just got to expect this team's going to get dominated down low. I just don't see how you can compensate uh, for the lack of height they they had down there. I mean, you have Colby Lee and Dalton Nixon, and that's it. Dal- Dalton Nixon's not really that guy. He really shouldn't be that guy, but he has to play like that guy. So it's going to be a frustrating thing, but I think there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of things to like. I think Jake Toulson showed last game why he was such a big big uh, transfer for BYU. He really played well. And Alex Barcelo really looks like like a guy that fits the bill as a, as a quality uh, transfer. And, and TJ Haas continues to improve his game. There's a lot of potential and I think when Yoli comes back this this is going to be a team that that, that can man I, I want to say potentially challenge for a West Coast Conference Championship but as long as you have Gonzaga where they're at it's going to be tough but but I, I expect this BYU team to contend for the second place in, in the West Coast Conference and give Gonzaga a challenge I, I really do I think the talent's there with Yoli Childs who's really good so do you have any thoughts on the basketball team Jay? Or? Well I think you didn't mention that they really miss Gavin Baxter I mean that's the guy that uh that shoulder injury that took him out for the season was just a killer, just absolute. That was the one. I thought they could overcome the Yoli Child's nine-game suspension, but when Gavin went out, they really suffered a big blow. I think that can't be understated. Um, he was one of the few guys that they could do without. I will say, after watching the tape replay of the game, they're darn lucky that Alex Barcelo was given that year by yeah. the NCAA to play. I wonder where they'd be without him. But I, I just said, like like you just said, they are who we thought they were. They're very, very limited inside, and they're going to live and die by the three-point shot. Uh, they lived by it in that opener against Fullerton, and they died by it uh, against San Diego State. Yeah. And uh, I think we should mention they've got a tougher game than it would have been expected on Wednesday. Southern Utah comes into the Marriott Center with a 2-0 and record, having knocked off Nebraska in double overtime, Nebraska of the Big 12, at Lincoln in double overtime, Southern Utah, this game is their Super Bowl. I mean, they've got guys on that staff that coached at BYU, like John Wardenberg. Southern Utah is going to give BYU all it wants. And just like UVU did a couple years ago, came into the Marriott Center and won. I wouldn't be surprised if SUU doesn't give BYU their best shot. That's a really good point. Just to add to Gavin Baxter, I I felt that maybe more so than any other player on the roster, he was due for the most improvement. I just gone from that freshman year off a mission into that sophomore year. So yeah, tough, tough thing there. Anyway, uh, any closing thoughts? Any any hot takes or? Yeah, I think we've touched it a lot. I think uh, it's a fun time. I think we ought to mention that BYU's women's soccer team is finding out its NCAA seed today. They went through their season undefeated. First BYU soccer team to ever do that. That deserves kudos, accolades, and all that. 
BYU's women's volleyball team is nationally ranked. Its men's golf team is doing really well. So although football has been kind of mediocre this season and basketball is off to a little bit of a shaky start, men's basketball, I mean, BYU fans have a lot to look forward to in the next couple of weeks with that soccer and volleyball team. Yeah, just to add to the soccer, I'll be covering them. Um, I, I've covered three really good BYU soccer teams. The first one was in 2012, where they had an exceptional defense. 2016, where they had an exceptional offense. Jen Rockwood believes that this year, 2019, they have both, and she's really optimistic. I've rarely seen a coach who is that forthcoming just about how high her expectations are. It has been so good for this soccer team all year. There's really not a weakness, and how it validates itself is going to be really interesting. This is a team that can contend for a national championship. There's no question in my mind. Um, we've seen BYU be able to do it in years past, and I think this team absolutely ha- has has what it what it takes to make a very deep run in the NCAA tournament. So, anyway, thanks for joining us on this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast.